Hello and welcome to Schwer Reading Dirty Books. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And we are a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels and regular contemporary novels. But All right, today- you're speaking super fast today, girl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shh. Look, I've got this down now. Like, I can do this. I know you do, this, I know, but I and I'm like, like were those individual words? <laughs> <laughs> no. That was one supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yep. That's um, what it sounded like. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I do like our accent too when I'm trying to do all of our my portion of the social media stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Um thanks for joining our paranormal romance novel. No, podcast. Yeah, I can't. I have to do it fast. <laughs> okay, go back to doing it fast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Point blank. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So to give you guys a little bit of an update, Kalina and I got back a long time ago, according to this, <laughs> according to the timeline that we're in right now, from our girlfriend Chiyomi's wedding with Emily, because we were in her wedding in October. But we just wanted just to Just to clarify, her yeah. wedding was not to Emily. It was... It was- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To her husband, Dylan. We just went with Emily to attend the wedding. Emily, Kalina, and I were bridesmaids at our girlfriend Chiami's wedding. You guys have heard of talk about Chiami a couple of times. Yeah. But congratulations to the not so newlyweds, I guess. Or I guess fairly (laughs) newlyweds. Yeah. Two and a half months can't be that long. Um, It was an amazing wedding, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out because. It was a lot of fun. It was. We had a fantastic yeah, time. Yeah, we totally did. And it was great to see some of our old friends and stuff again. And so um, it was amazing, even though it was a, a little bit ago. So, <laughs> I mean, in our world, it wasn't that I mean, long ago. Right. It really was. The people who are listening to this are like, that was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, and why do you guys always do this? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, time does not have meaning. That's true. That if is that, true. Somebody like 20 years from now could listen to this podcast and be like, why are they even They're, discussing why? relative time? It doesn't matter. What, what, is that, what does that even mean? Right. <sighs> All right. Well, I have a quickie. You do. It's quickie time. It's quickie time. So in pod in, in real podcast world, it is three days until New Year's. <laughs> do you have... Look at you thinking in the future. Or me yeah, I am. I can. All right. I want to know your New Year's resolution and not a serious one. I want to know something frivolous and silly you want to make as a New Year's revolution oh. resolution for, for 2023. Oh, my God. I know. A silly resolution. Yeah, not like, you know, the big ones that we never keep. <laughs> this one is Just silly. like something yes. fun or something, you know. All right, guys. Yeah. Since I've, in the past couple of months, have finished school... I've earned my degree, you guys. Woo woo, woo woo woo! I got my bachelor's of science in interdisciplinary professional studies from a college, and yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm done with school. Like I don't have to like think and write papers and shit anymore. Yeah. I think my New Year's resolution is to build a kick-ass character in World of Warcraft and get back into gaming. That's oh. the silly, frivolous thing that is not damn serious. <laughs> And I want to actually be proficient at playing instead of just like, I'm a cute blood elf that's got awesome weapons. No, I want to actually kick ass and learn how to play. Awesome. So I 
think I'm going to do that. That's what, great. What about you? I like this. I like this. Uh, well, naturally, I did not think of one <laughs> when I came up with this idea because I was like, this is a fantastic idea. I'm going to ask Giselle's this question and then I won't have an answer either. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Ooh, silly frivolous. I can only think of serious ones. That's funny. And you're, um, you're like, it can't be serious. <laughs> I know. I was very adamant that it couldn't be. Well, I had one that I was going to say, but now I'm afraid it might be kind of serious. And it's more for both of us. Ooh, ooh. I have one for both of us, too. And it is start our book. That's what mine is. <laughs> I would like yes. to like really put effort and time into plotting and working on our potential romance book we might write someday (laughs) because we have shared so many ideas back and forth Uh and we're putting them on an actual document now and shit so yes yes i am with you look i've got sex scenes already written i just i don't have that i have to plot them because i think in the end this might be where we clash (laughs) maybe it might be where we come together and and work really well together i have a definite feeling i'm a plotter in your pantser yeah. yeah i think you are absolutely right about because the idea of starting the book without the outline is yeah. cuckoo bananas in my head and i don't know how authors just sit down and write things and i'm like are you what do you mean you didn't know that was going to happen and that the characters yeah. just did something on their own they aren't existent they live in your head yep i am a pantser 100 percent. so i don't think that plotting is going to fucking ruin me i think that's going to be especially when you're collaborating right absolutely you have to if if you are on your own i could understand that a little bit more because then you're just talking to yourself right and you get to build that with the internal characters in your head but i don't know what you're thinking no you don't know what i'm thinking Mm -mm. so we have to plot it out so yes, I, I'm with you on this. And I think we've Kay. got some really good ideas right now. We got some fucking hilarious yeah. shit planned. <laughs> so if, they, if it comes to fruition, it's going to be good, you guys. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think that would, I would really like that to be part of my New Year's resolution for 2023. Let's do this. I don't have any, I mean, I just already like read so many books. I don't think I should make a resolution about that. About Because I don't know that I can, can read any more than I already read. <laughs> No. Well, now that you're doing Libby, you've got access to a oh. shit ton more books. Like every I, book out there. Here's the thing, though. Well, not everyone. I have already discovered numerous books that I need to read that aren't on Libby. Or oh, like, I'll, okay. I, for example, there's one series I got into and I was like loving and it's just I was eating it up and only the first three books are on Libby. Oh. <laughs> the next three or four are not. Oh, no. And they're out and they're not really new. So it doesn't make sense that they're not on Libby. I just am like, well, fuck you. Now I have to go buy three books on the Kindle but whatever three last books (laughs) yeah (laughs) but no like i love it i do i love libby and i am happy i found it because it is saving me some money but here's the (laughs) problem i already own so many yes audio and ebooks why can't i just read the ones i've already purchased (laughs) and then eventually get to new books on libby i just don't know that is... Um, it's a real pickle. It is a real pickle. That could be a frivolous goal, I think. That's actually a really good goal. Actually, that's yeah. a better goal than I had thought. That, that'll that yeah. be it. My resolution will be to... Okay, which one am I going to do? I have you a lot more... promise not to buy any more books. No, no, no. I would never promise not to buy ones. <laughs> that's a crazy but- thought. <laughs> and also, I, I couldn't do it because we have to. I have to buy certain ones for exactly. this podcast. Exactly. So I can't do it. 
But I'm thinking I have to figure out how many audibles I have purchased and not listened to. And I have to set a goal of reducing that by at least 25% next year. Like listening <laughs> hey. to enough that I have reduced the unlistened to yes. by like 25 to 50%. Now what you got to do is tally what you have now and take the 25% <laughs> of the 5 million books you have, right? There's so And then funny. and cuz as you add more books, that number's going to go I up, know, right? I know it's going to go so up. You it's going to be bad. To do it now. <laughs> you have to figure out that number now. I have 735 <laughs> books in Audible. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's see. And According to the thing, I have 211 that I have not started. Ooh. That doesn't mean I ha- like there could be more that I have not finished. Do you want to know what 25% of that is? Uh, 50-ish. <laughs> of 735? No, of 211 unstarted oh, titles. Oh, 211. I thought you were doing your whole thing. Okay. Oh, right. No, no, no. Because okay. I've at least, Unread. I have listened to, I've, hey, that means I've listened to 500 of yes, my 700 which is so. really impressive okay okay so just of the ones you haven't read okay haven't haven't listened to well, yeah, haven't read listened. that's doable so 50 yeah so 50 of the books i read next year have to be the ones i have already purchased on audible but not listened to yet let's do it done let's do it and here's what you do when you finish a book you put 20 bucks in a jar and what's whatever 20 times 50 is now you've got some money <laughs> a thousand <laughs> Now you get a thousand dollars, and you can go buy more books. <laughs> All right, let's do it. That's good. I like that. I like this. That we're is gonna, fun. We're yes. gonna do all of that. We're See, gonna do wow, we're gonna do unreadable books, un- not unreadable, unlistened to books. <laughs> uh, yeah, unread, and unread. Yeah, we are. It's, it's, it's reading. We have to use that word we for do. audio too. We do. It is. It's reading. And then we'll work on our story. So aren't you happy I came up with a quickie? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that went on for really well. Thank you. It was going to initially be, what's your favorite Halloween candy? <laughs> because in our time, it's, it's Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> and then I looked at our spreadsheet and I was like, oh, it's literally New Year's it's for the people listening. Not. They are not going to want to hear us talk about Halloween candy. <laughs> That's why I had to apologize for talking about an October <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought this was my quickie. You want to hear what it was? No, you have one next next uh, no, week. No, it has nothing to do with next week or next Too episode. Too bad. Okay, <laughs> no, Just use it anyway. It's stupid. No, I'm not going to. Okay, it okay. Then tell me what it is. to do with this book. Is Do you know your blood type? <laughs> oh, I do. I know mine too. I don't think it, I don't think many people do. I know, and I think that's surprising. I I do too. I do. What too. are you? I'm O pause. I'm O pause. Hey, we're blood buddies. You and I are. We are blood bonded. Wait. Yes, no. I'm O pause. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that brings us to this book about blood. It is this book about blood. So, guys, we read Unhinged. It's volume two of the Blood Bond Saga by Helen Hart, narrated by John Lane and Lauren Rowe. So yeah, this is the second volume. So it's got three stories, three books. Yes. So the way that Helen writes books is, I don't know. uh, So they come out (laughs) in kind of like groups of three. So volume one that we read for episode 40 was books one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, they get combined into a volume. They come out individually, book one, book two, book three. 
and then they get kind of squished together and put out as a volume, volume one. And this is volume two, which is four, five, six. Okay. And then there is volume three, which is seven, eight, nine. And I think that's all of them. But yeah, so we read the first volume of this series by Helen for episode 40, which is basically the beginning of time. (laughs) That was (laughs) so long long ago. ago. And we were, I mean, 40, we're 40 in, but like we were still way amateur. So, oh, for sure. (laughs) Well, don't go back and listen to it. I wouldn't recommend that. Don't do that. No. I mean, if you really want to, but I don't know why you would. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I was so fucking wrong. Oh, is it not 40? Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, it was 40. There are. Oh, there's more than three volumes. Um, there's 15 volumes. Shut up. <laughs> no. No. Like, my whole world just crashed no. around me. <laughs> of the same Hold story? on, hold on. Hold, are there 14 books? There's are f- 15 books? 15 books? 15 books. Okay, th- so, so there's five one, two, volumes? three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yes, there's five. Oh, no, there's a new one coming up. <laughs> okay, but that's better than what you just said before. I, my mind, my, my head there, just So there are 15 books out. Okay. Five volumes. And there is apparently... A sixth volume. Oh, no, that one was canceled by the editor. It's not coming out. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. My bad. <laughs> There's only going to be the 15. Okay. Well, that's a lot. I mean, that each... is so very many. Each of the books are like short like they're yeah they're yeah i mean that's essentially so while this was technically three books together it mm-hmm. was only six hours yeah it's not you know each book is like two hours they're very they're very yeah they are short and quick man there's so many books they are so many books i'm getting lost in trying to figure out <laughs> <laughs> oh man if Anyway, okay, we got to get into it. So uh, I can't glitz notes this book, guys. <laughs> I'll do my best. Basically, if anybody remembers the big takeaway from the first episode. So this is Dante and Aaron again. So for in episode 40, when we read the first volume, the big, <laughs> the big thing we made a lot of to do about <laughs> was at one point they were going to have sex. Yes. And Dante... <laughs> stripped her naked and was like spreading her legs and gonna go down on her and then he like got angry pissed off and ran away he yelled what the hell is that to her yes to her vagina (laughs) and then pissed off and i was like oh i would rather murder somebody than ever let that happen to me (laughs) or see that person ever again in my life no sorry now, we start book four of this volume that we just read with immediate sex. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, not that scene. Not that but scene. Not, yeah, immediate but sex. immediate sex by Dante and Aaron. They're finally having sex for the first time. It's how this book opens. So, kudos to Helen for having sex in chapter literally one. one. <laughs> with the Actually, first couple, yeah. the sentence. <laughs> the sentence is... His dick <laughs> slid into her vagina. And you're like, oh, we're in it. We are in it. So was Dante. <laughs> so we get to start off with some really intense sex. Mm-hmm. And then he bites her because he is a vampire after all. And she's super cool with it at first. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait, you just bit me. Are you a vampire? <laughs> and he goes, 
yeah, I'm totally a vampire, but I love you and you love me. And she's like, what? So little bit of shock there for Aaron because she doesn't know vampires exist. (laughs) And that's the bulk of the story for these next three books is the two of them dealing with their blood bond. Because it's some kind of weird vampire lore that there are certain humans that can be like they might have vampire blood in their history. We're not exactly sure. And they will be mated, blonded to a vampire and their blood is like the most precious, perfect blood for that vampire. And their love is so intense that neither one will live without the other and all that. Yeah. But she's having to learn all about vampires and then I guess ghosts and maybe even werewolves. I mean, a lot of shit's coming up and she's struggling with that. Dante hasn't really processed what's happened to him. He won't talk about it, which is actually problematic. It is very <laughs> problematic. Yeah, he really needs to talk about it with somebody, probably Aaron, but also probably a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of it all, he finds out that his dad is dead. And a ghost, which he mm-hmm. never believed in because his whole life he has been told that ghosts don't exist and that when vampires and people die, their souls and spirit and energy just goes back into the cosmic energy field. Mm-hmm. But no, those all exist. Now, Aaron is like, I never believed in anything. And now I have to believe in all this shit. Yeah. So she's struggling with that. She will not say the V word. <laughs> she just won't even say vampire. Voldemort. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also doesn't say Voldemort, though. In case anyone's wondering. <laughs> uh, and she's trying to also solve a mystery that's happening at the hospital because women keep disappearing, especially be positive people. Mm-hmm. And she discovers that literally everybody in this story is be positive. Yes. Like everybody. every single person Everyone. we meet and talk to is be positive, which is wild because I think it's like 12% of the population is be positive. So it's statistically incredibly rare that you keep finding be positive people Yep, in one hospital yeah. in New Orleans. But she's trying to put that together and figure out what's going on with Dante and how he has to figure out this whole history thing. And then there's some kind of like book that has the vampire history in it, but the vampire elders have decided you're not allowed to read the book. So no one can read the book and know what's happening. And Ghost Dad needs them to find his body. And sister's pregnant and a bunch of shit is happening. And there's also like a sex scene every 15 minutes. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of fucking in this book. Or volume. Fucking. Yeah. No, she she literally starts it off with a bang and then gives it to us every couple of 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, 15, 15, yeah. That is very true. But by the end, nothing is solved. (laughs) Also that. Just don't get your hopes up for an ending. Yeah. Um, We actually, we've met Helen. We've talked with Helen a couple of times. totally does it. Yep. We've been on panels with her at different uh, events and and stuff. And so this is her writing style. This is the way she Mm -hmm. sculpts her books. And it's intentional. She Mm -hmm. wants to constantly like drop that cliffhanger or that like teaser at the end to make you keep following the story you like mm-hmm. have to pick up the next book and the next book because nothing is resolved and she doesn't fuck around with that either and we did discuss that a little bit when we did have the panels with her and it, that's exactly what happened with volume one 
It picked up almost, well, not exactly the same scene, but it picks up pretty even. No, it picks up and I went back and checked it. That's the same scene. It's not, it's not, it's not the, it's not the vagina runaway scene. It's not the scary vagina scene. They have, it's not the scary vagina scene, but it is, the end of that book is them about to have sex. Oh, okay. And that's another thing we were a little bit upset about because they hadn't had sex yet and they dropped, that was the end of the book and we're like, are you fucking? kidding we didn't get any <laughs> we didn't get any actual sex and now it's in Every- the next book <laughs> and so we open it up with sex mm-hmm. and get it very often in between which mm-hmm. is we're not complaining about that not at all no i mean thank you we appreciate it i actually, i think that's probably one of the only books we've read where it, the opening scene was like fucking i can't think of i mean yeah i mean yeah I, it's really but also we are a lot of books in so i can't remember them all it's it, it would be hard pressed <laughs> to guarantee it yeah uh, yeah i but... can't guarantee it <laughs> But anyway, I mean, if you guys really want to get into the nitty gritty of the story and understand what is happening, then you're going to have to listen to it on your own and start from the beginning if you want. Uh, um, if you're hundred percent start from the beginning, <laughs> yeah. If you go in the middle, you this is one of those ones. These are not the kind of books you can't. So cannot like we said, in. this is the way she writes them. It's it's in a way it's serialized writing. Mm-hmm. It is not. It's a series, but it's not the kind of trilogy or you know even like the harry potter or any of those other series that maybe you're thinking of some of the ones we've done in the past on this podcast where each book is a hundred percent standalone that's not the way she writes the whole plot is arced over all of the books so there's not you really have to just keep reading them yeah to get it you're not going to have a satisfactory ending Mm -hmm. and she does like i said she does that intentionally (laughs) we sat on a couple panels with her this last summer at pop culture con no fan expo (laughs) fan expo now i know i forget what they keep changing the name (laughs) yeah and that's her intent you know and that's the way her readers like it because they Mm -hmm. keep coming back they know they're always going to get more so that's the way she does it and that you know dangling that kind of bit in the air i think her writing meshes very well with some of the newer not styles newer the newer platforms for reading Mm, so if um anybody here is like you know pretty heavy reader you probably have heard of things like kindavella radish and some of those other websites where authors are writing serialized stories where every week you get a new chapter or segment and it just keeps going and going and going and going until they have told their whole story but you don't really like there's not even an idea of how long that's going to (laughs) be yeah so you just keep you know buying credits or whatever the you know the subscription or however the particular platform does it Mm -hmm. but her writing very much fits in that where it's like this is a narrative that stretches over a longer span of book I wonder, did she ever mention if she was a panther or a plotter? I'm curious. I don't remember her mentioning it, but I'd have to guess Panzer. Uh, me too. I think just from now getting into the second book and... Because it, it has the feeling of the characters literally doing their own shit. Yes, that's exactly Because I couldn't tell you what the, the plot is. No, nope. we don't know. We don't know. We don't. So there's, uh, there is an evil woman, vampire. Yes. Who held Dante captive for 10 years and probably his uncle and father. Oh, I didn't catch that. Well, they think that the whole reason he was taken was because 
she wanted them she because they the were twins. they were twins yeah so his father and uncle are natural born vampire twins which is almost unheard never of. happens yeah so they think some of their theory is that she kidnapped dante in order to draw them to out and then them. they were mm. taken right after he went missing and all they know for sure is that dad is dead yes he has he well because his wife came to him in a dream and told him to kill himself i did that like cringe you like did that make you cringe that that, that was a little harsh that I, was a little i was, was really surprised to like hear that narrative and when julian was talking about it julian's the dad uh, dante's dad i don't remember what river's dad's name is but when we found out that he had committed suicide and you know and because the mom who had died after she had amelia who is dante's sister was telling that he needed to kill himself yeah join her on the other side like the whole time i'm thinking don't go towards the light well and it wasn't even (laughs) my understanding wasn't that she wanted him to join her but she was like you have to protect our son yeah yeah so if you if you kill yourself then you'll come back as a ghost and you can help him yeah which has been helpful so far yeah i guess that's true but how like but it's a real like i'm like oh i mean that's sketch because even dante's like dude i don't know there's no like he can't even see his dad i I think eventually he does he can by the end but he yeah is very resistant to it so he doesn't see him for a while while everybody else sees him immediately immediately but as someone who's a little skeptical about it and i don't know if julian was or not but like i'm not gonna just believe some version of what was my wife telling me that this is the way to you know what i mean i don't know to me it's unrealistic well all it this is vampires guys. there's vampires but still like i don't know i would have a harder time <laughs> being like okay well that's that's good that's cool like i'll do it because i gotta save my son i am gonna need a little bit more than that i agree i also <laughs> <laughs> but you have to think he's been held captive for we don't know how many years as well that's true probably somewhere in the neighborhood of the 10 that dante's been so maybe after 10 years and you're like well that's a way out one it's a way out of captivity two i mm-hmm. can help my son mm-hmm. okay three i can just be done being a prisoner you know like oh i right. guess that was also one sorry that was one. <laughs> <So> the same <laughs> thing <laughs> It's the same. I don't know. I'm not saying I don't, you know, I'm just saying that maybe that was his thought process. I don't know. It's all very strange. And it's all speculation, guys. We don't get any of this, really. This is us just making up shit to make it make sense for us. So Because now I've got like three more volumes I got to (laughs) read so I can understand the block. (laughs) the book <laughs> at first i thought you said 15 volumes i'm like no oh, no that's i know not a th- there are not enough letters that's on the keyboard to allow that it doesn't work that i was way. i yeah i'm really glad it's only five <laughs> and not 15 so some of the stuff in here that i think is worth talking about mm. are themes like lying by omission <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already had a lot of difficulty with the Dante-Aaron dynamic in the first volume. Mm -hmm. And it does not get off to a much better start here when he has not informed her about his vampire status and takes her blood anyway. Yeah, And like, yes, technically he kind of asked in the throes of orgasm and she said she tilted her head and let him have her neck. But that is not 100% consent. No, that's like... we're being a little bit kinky during our sexual exploit. Well, she's like, already tied up. So, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Go ahead and bite me. But, yeah. yeah. So, there's that. 
that was frustrating. And then he also is not telling her a whole lot of other shit. That is really frustrating to me. And they needed to deal with this a lot sooner than they have. Her brother is the father of Melia's baby. Mm-hmm. And Aaron has seen the bite marks on Jay, her brother. And so she starts a campaign to figure out which vampire is biting Jay. Yep. And make it stop because she thinks it's being done against his will. Mm-hmm. And she keeps accusing random vampires of it and Dante keeps going no no it's not them it's not them but then like refuses to be honest with her that he does know who it was it was Amelia and she is pregnant with Jay's baby Mm because Amelia hasn't told Jay she won't tell Jay so like all these fucking assholes are lying (laughs) everybody's keeping secrets and he's super blasé about the whole like that's his the love of his life's niece or like you know what I mean like his sister is having the baby of the love of his life's brother yeah I mean that's a wild thought it's way more closely tied (laughs) than just some random dude you know what I mean like those cousins will also essentially be siblings exactly they've got like (laughs) double blood I know that that, that's not how things work right (laughs) well no well so I I know that I know that scenario so like my dad has a brother who's married to my my mom's sister you know what I mean Uh so like our my cousin show up as my half siblings in the dna matches yeah so like there's a closer tie to that <laughs> and he's just dante is just like yeah that's cool no <laughs> and, so, and, and then like he hasn't told her at all about his captivity yeah everyone keeps using the phrase like he was away yeah. he just got back he just got back and it's like <laughs> i'm sorry that's not the phrase to use when somebody has been kidnapped and tortured for 10 years. It's not like he like went to Europe for fucking his bachelor time to fuck around on the on the continent. He was fucking kidnapped. He was he a prisoner. <laughs> was a prisoner. So they keep using that phrase. That's tough. <laughs> so he's lying about a lot of shit. So he's untrustworthy. And then he's got a real problem with Aaron not accepting him 100%. Yeah. You have to accept um, all of me that I'm a vampire in all of me and i'm like bitch you're a liar how about you be <laughs> honest first and then we can work on this because then aaron as a reaction goes fucking apeshit about everything and does go off and blames everybody she's rounding around she's just getting into trouble people. oh my god and just like stop biting my brother portion oh when she went over to river's apartment <laughs> oh. And accused him. I wanted to fucking strangle her. I was like, get out of here. I could. I there were so many frustrating moments that I had with Aaron, and like there was a cemetery scene, and I don't remember it exactly with with Julian too. And I'm like, this woman just won't listen. Like she just she jumps to conclusions, and it's not like she's not hearing all of the truth because he's not Dante. It's not giving it to her. Yeah, he's a liar. Yes, but she also yeah she's just running around. She's doing both. She's doing two things. She is jumping to conclusions on certain shit, and she's being an ostrich and putting her head in the hand about other things when it's the hospital the hospital the fucking be positive blood and people disappearing is a hundred percent vampire related there's no fucking question in anybody's mind that's vampire related except in aaron's mind she keeps going no it can't be it can't and then the one time she has a thought that it might be she's like i wonder if it's damien and i was like or not damien dante and i'm like (laughs) you know one vampire (laughs) And you assume it's him. 
<laughs> no, it is vampire related, but it's probably not Dante. And she gets so emotional and so upset and everything about but, it. And it's like, dude, come on. But then on the flip side, the pieces are literally falling into place for her best friend, Lucy, to be a werewolf. <sighs> and for this little baby that just got brought into the hospital to be a werewolf. Because the mom fucking says her father's a werewolf. <laughs> and she and- has been told that werewolves do exist. And she has met vampires and ghosts. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, that lady's crazy. I'm going to call CPS. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sweep. Well, and, and then Lucy did something suspicious with the baby. You know, like, oh, she wasn't the nurse that's assigned to her. Oh, she just wanted to visit her because she loves babies and sweeps <laughs> it under the rug. I'm like, what the fuck did you like, come on, you can't be that dense. Well, you can't be both. Like, you can't <laughs> see paranormal everywhere and simultaneously nowhere. So she was a little frustrating as a character. Yes. But she does explain herself a lot, which I, I, I like. She even is like, very honest and acknowledges that her heart and her body is like, a hundred percent in this relationship mm-hmm. she wants yeah. him she loves him she does she believes in this connection more than anything else but her head doesn't that's where all the problems lie because she's like my head is like no that's all crazy yeah <laughs> so there's a real struggle for her in her head heart versus you know head logic versus emotion so she's got issues <laughs> she's got <laughs> issues oh well, I think we can sort of get into our kiss and tell. Sure. This, right. So, you know, talking about the relationship and how they are together and how there's so much upfront dishonesty. And I guess that doesn't work. You can't be upfront dishonest because I you mean, don't know. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You just don't it's know unhealthy. the other person is lying. I will cut Dante some slack mm. in that he has been kidnapped since he was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But along with that, I would also suggest don't get into a serious relationship day one after being released from your ca- captivity. <laughs> right. It's probably not healthy to immediately find your soulmate yes. for life. <laughs> the first day back. I mean, it's hard to believe that that is what it's supposed to be if you've never experienced what it's not supposed to be. That's the other thing is he has no history. Right. Mm -hmm. Because... He he's no was idea. kidnapped for 10 years. Yes, he's no idea. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing that's obviously happening to them, because the second they come together every day, <laughs> it is like fireworks, yeah. hot, gratuitous sex. Oh, man. Like up against walls and doors and counters and Just fucking everywhere. everywhere. It doesn't matter. Like all over the place. And it definitely feels like that moment in new relationships sometimes where you just like logic gets turned off because it's so intense and you're so into this other person yep. that all the other shit falls away and you can't even see it and you're just like oh, yeah, this person <laughs> <laughs> it's like an outer body experience you're not acting normal no. you're just you're, you're falling into this uh, it's not even it's not like a routine or anything like that but mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a trance I guess in a way where you're just so captivated by them and then you act in ways that you normally don't act. Yeah. And then, you know, normality starts to set back in, obviously, when you are more established in the relationship. But that's our kiss and tell is have we ever been in a situation like that, in a relationship mm-hmm. like that, where it starts off and you're illogical about everything and it's just so intense. And this, mm-hmm. you guys, this book is serious as shit. Like, it is very, very serious. The narrators 
are intense. <laughs> they are so serious. They like they fucking play up this book really well. Like I, yeah, they I are they are not messing. They're around. not playing. Yeah, John is not, not a calm person. <laughs> <laughs> he's not i mean and he plays damien or god why do i keep calling him damien yeah. dante i have it literally written down in front of my face i'm like look at that word that says dante <laughs> damien but he keeps playing dante like i mean this is yeah. not a chill dude no not and his voice all. is not chill so it goes yeah. along very well with dante's <laughs> personality because he's mad about everything every there's not a moment where even when he talks about being in love with aaron he's mad about he's it he's fucking pissed he's just off. angry and this is how he was in the first book too. <laughs> and i was, was like so this dude is a lot <laughs> so intense so intense okay but anyway back to your kiss and tell yes. we're just we're saying yes. that that tone have you ever been like that yeah. in a relationship when yeah you first i have i can think back to one in particular couple of relationships ago where just you know sometimes you get started and it's just tunnel vision on shit and it's mm-hmm. like the sex is intense the like connection feels intense mm-hmm. you don't spend a lot of time examining it for any realistic <laughs> issues <laughs> that are probably there from the beginning yeah and you do a lot of excusing away of like behaviors you would normally behaviors do. that you're just like, why would I be okay with that? And yeah. it sucks. It's, well, and I hope, hopefully, fingers fucking crossed, that that was a behavior I had as a younger person because this would have been in my twenties, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like that again because I do think it is unhealthy in a way because it sets up bad precedent mm-hmm. for accepting things early on that then later you're like. Why would I ever let you do that or treat me like that? (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, I definitely understand that kind of illogical nature of an early connection, early relationship with people, with somebody. Yeah. And it's almost kind of like, I'm willing to try maybe something different, right? To see Mm -hmm. if this will lead me to something different, to something that works or something that's more exciting or or whatever it may be. So you're willing to try something or you just kind of lose track of of what was normal at once. I think I mean, you just lose track. Well, for yeah. me, it really just felt like a lose track of yeah. it. And just this becomes the new normal. Yeah, exactly. Is like the relationship. Yep. I have too. And in fact, it was with Dan. I mean, I was in my early 20s when we were together, like literally 20. <laughs> I was 19 <laughs> and then 20. So... And I would have to say I was a lot more dramatic in the very beginning of our relationship. Obviously, I've calmed down a lot. And it I mean, we communicated and obviously we got along and everything. But there were some moments where I'm like, this is not this is not me. I don't know. I don't act like this normally. It's just not like how I am. And it didn't really have anything to do with the sex or anything. It was it was almost kind of more of the like emotional play. And when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, it didn't really hurt anything, but it also didn't really help anything. It was just something that I could do and I did it and it wasn't fun or it wasn't like helpful. I, I don't I don't want to say be like the typical girl where, where you're like quiet and silent all the time because he's supposed to just read my mind, you know, but I did that. I did that kind of stuff. And there are some behaviors that started in the beginning of our relationship that I, I wouldn't necessarily take back because it's built us to where we are. But but I definitely think we could have been better without it, you know? Yeah, but you were 19. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard so, to and, know those things. You know, exactly. <laughs> just like, and just like you said, too, you were. Yeah, in I can definitely look at it from this perspective and go, God, I hope I could never do that again. <laughs> I 
really hope and, I'm smarter and in a better place, I, healthier and more like yeah. emotionally mature than I was last time because that would be a mess. <laughs> I, I mean, I already am pretty sure because like my most recent relationship didn't go like that at all. So mm, I feel right. like obviously I broke a little bit of the mold, you know, or that pattern at least. So here's hoping. Yeah, you're cognizant of it. Yeah. You know? And that's just like sort of like what we are saying about Dante. He hasn't had that experience, so he doesn't really know how to differentiate it. Whereas we have. So now when you get into a new relationship, you know how not to act, right? Yeah. He's in his, I think, late 20s, mid Mm -hmm. to late 20s, because he was captured for 10 years. He was in high school when he was taken because he hadn't finished high school yet. So he was like 17 or 18 max. And so he'd be like 26, 27, 28, you know. Yeah. But he'd lost 10 years of growth. And, you know, he has a very poignant part in this book where he talks about he had plans. He wanted to go to med school and be a doctor and he hasn't even finished high school. So he like if he wants to do that now, he has to start from a GED and then college and then med school and then residency and internship and all this shit. And he's so much further age wise long than anyone who would be going through that process now so he feels stole like it was stolen from him that that chance was it was it 100 percent was and that's why he needs to go to therapy and talk about it he does need to talk about it because here's another thing that he and aaron don't do they don't talk they talk a lot in during sex god damn it they talk a lot during sex a little bit too much and you guys already know how we feel about that so It was difficult to listen to it, but you know, whatever. But they also don't really like when they are communicating, they're, I feel like they're yelling at each other all the time. Like they're just not. Yes. They're not. I will say that. Yes, they are because. And especially him, he yells a lot. He does. and she yells when she thinks she's been lied to. <laughs> Which I mean, a lot. Yeah. Um. And then, and then when he gets upset about something, she tries to calm him. She's pretty good about that. But no, they don't communicate. They have poor communication <laughs> skills because they're both, I think, tackling the same problem. Yeah. Of this yeah. weird vampire queen lady who is <laughs> doing something with B positive blood. <laughs> And it is definitely tied to the hospital. Yes. And both of them are like, they have pieces of the puzzle, but they aren't, they fucking not, share the fucking they're not puzzle. Sharing it. They're not trying to connect the pieces together. But even when they get their own pieces, they're not connecting it to itself. Like, like a, Eric's got a lot of pieces and she's not connecting them. A pregnant woman came into the hospital, <laughs> gave birth, and they, both her and the baby disappeared and no one cares. And I'm like, And Aaron just keeps randomly bringing it up, but not like actually pursuing it. And I'm like, that is pursuable. Like that is something (laughs) you should invest in. And I'm sorry, your brother's a cop. (laughs) You know a cop. Talk to Jay. (laughs) Jay wasn't in this volume at all. No, he wasn't. At all. I just thought he was because his name was brought up and they talked about him. They talk about Jay, but we do not see Jay or talk to Jay at all. You're totally right about that. And I'm like, (laughs) he is a baby daddy of a would-be vampire. Mm -hmm. He is the the partner of the Uh, other cop who is the cousin of the vampire (laughs) and the brother of the woman who is blood-bonded to the vampire. Where's Jay? Why is he not in? And he's a fucking cop. And he's a cop. They need a cop. (laughs) 
People are disappearing from the hospital. A lady who was in a car accident with a heart transplant and the resident who was helping her disappeared in the span of time it took Aaron to turn around and get a bag of blood. Yep. And she moved on with her day. Yeah, she did. She's like, oh. And it's literally been a week and no one has seen that resident since. Logan has not shown back up since that moment. I'm like, oh my God, if hospitals really could lose patients like this, I am fucking terrified. Every time she walked into this hospital, I was like terrified and I want to know what hospital this is so that I never go there because I feel like people are... It's bad. It's a bad hospital. It's not not working very well. They got to work on their strategic plan and organization chart and shit because none of that is working. People are... Patients come in and then they disappear. Nobody knows about them. Also, and then nobody cares. All the blood disappears. She yes. can never get B positive blood out of their blood bank. And nobody <laughs> seems to be upset by that. And I'm like, what is happening to all of you? What is your speculation about the doctor? Oh, I think she is going to be the vampire lady. You Dr. Bonaventure? So? Yeah, Bona, yeah. Bona. Well, the one that uh, go- went to her house. Yes. Because there's a Dr. Nice who's not very nice. And then Dr. Something's up with Dr. Nice, too. Yeah, something is up with Dr. Nice. But the one I'm talking about the one who like goes away with her husband. And isn't her name like Bona? It is something Bona. like that. I don't remember. And I think... Oh, God. Dr. Bonaducci. It is not Bonaducci. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Bonaducci. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I think her character is really suspicious. And uh, yeah, Well, she's supposed to be. So I'm guessing. Yes. So there's one of two things. She either is the actual vampire queen mm-hmm. because she is super fucking suspicious and kind of evil, or she's not, but we're meant to think she is, and then Dr. Nice actually is. <laughs> yes. It's, it's got to be one of the doctors. I'm with you on that. And I think that if Dr. B, <laughs> we're going to call her that, is the vampire queen, then she's. that's why she goes on vacation with her husband's. Her husband's. Her husband. <laughs> Like, apparently they go on vacation a lot, but that she just shows up on... No, no, no. I I think this was like... I think I've heard of her going on vacation, but like this happened in the other book too, I think. Did it? I don't know. I mean, because Erin didn't even know she was married until this book. That's true. She didn't even know she was married, but I think that she went on leave on the first book too. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering something else, but I feel like she'd shown up at her doorstep more than once. I really do. I I think so too. Maybe it wasn't... Maybe she didn't go on vacation then. But she because well, didn't she? I thought she came over to ask her to do that research. Oh, okay. And it's the blood research in particular, which is another reason why we think it might be her, right? But I also could totally see that being a red herring, totally, and that she maybe knows about vampires and is trying to research it for some other reason. And Dr. Nice is the one that's actually the... Dr. Nice Because that would be fucking ridiculous. Oh, it would nice be hella ridiculous. Dr. Nice is the bad vampire. And Dr. B is the one who's actually secretly going to solve the shit. <laughs> Somebody's fucking got to. Because let she's me tell you. She's the only one who cares. But she's like, you know, she's an introvert. She doesn't really like to talk to people very much. Even though she yells at them a lot. She but, yells uh, at a lot of people. You know. So uh, none of the summaries of any of the books in goodreads yeah i didn't doctor <laughs> the, i don't think that her name was i mean they come up very seldom i know she's not that main of a character but come on but i think they have i think both of the doctors have a big play in this story when it whenever it comes out whenever a hundred percent 
plot. <laughs> when Once we figure out what the hell the yeah. point is. Yes. I mean, the point is to create more vampire babies. Yes. They do need, because they're dying out. And they're not eternal, guys. These guys, they die. They only live like a couple hundred years. Yeah. Not they, forever. They're, they're not immortal. Not eternal. Well, I guess that's just essentially the same thing. But yeah. yeah. So it is important that they do. Anyway, I would really like for them to have a little bit of therapy. I think that all need therapy. Absolutely. Every single one of them. Even Amelia is really mean. Like, she's a bitch, too. (laughs) Really? Yes. I didn't like the scene with her dad and her brother. She was such a brat. She was such a brat. And I'm like, oh, I cannot. I can't handle anybody in this book. How was she a brat? She was she was being really bratty to Julian and like um okay so they were gonna go to the cemetery and try to find his body. Oh right? oh oh, she was oh, like, oh I'm okay. gonna go too. And you're like you don't know you're pregnant. Stay home and be pregnant. She's like you can't tell me what to do. I'll do and I'm like holy shit, dude, you're fucking pregnant. Just fucking relax and let them do it. And not just pregnant, but you're a race of people that almost never gets pregnant. Yes, <laughs> and both your mother. And your aunt, like literally every woman in your history has died during pregnancy. How about you take care of yourself a little bit so maybe your chances of dying after birth are a little less. But here's the thing, too. Here's another piece. (laughs) Supposedly, now we'll find out once Amelia actually gives birth whether this is true or not. No pairing between a vampire and a human Mm. results in a vampire. They're always human. Those babies are always human. Mm -hmm. So why does anyone care if she has a baby? It won't be a vampire. (laughs) Because she's pregnant with Jay. Jay's not a vampire. He's a human. So I'm like, they see, I get like, okay, they seem to like humans and not care if you know they give yeah. birth to humans but if the concern and the like super in frequency of their fertility is like only every couple years then to have it wasted with a human feels dumb i'm sorry yeah no like, no it's true they're a dying breed like only fuck other vampires why are you fucking humans <laughs> Like, first off, there's almost no female vampires. Mm-hmm. So that adds to their difficulty of having procreation, of procreating vampires. And then, two, they're only fertile, like, every couple of years. So, like, what is she, what the fuck was she doing fucking a human when she might have been fertile? Like, she needed yeah. to find any other vampire and fuck yes, them. To I, you know, make Theoretically, if, yeah. if you care about the continuation of vampires. If you don't, then fine. You know, don't have yeah. kids. I mean, you know, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> i just did like they were so obsessed with her pregnancy and i was like but yeah it doesn't actually matter for you guys no because if it, it is born it's just gonna be a human baby yeah it's not gonna matter it's definitely either gonna it's gonna be between amelia and jay or aaron and dante with the well, we vampire know for baby. sure aaron and dante are gonna have a vampire baby yeah I mean, we don't know, but we know because he knows because he has a vision. Right. We know because we (laughs) We know. I can't decide whether... I mean, she wasn't kidnapped and her blood wasn't fucked with. I I just feel like the theme around like... And the drama around her yeah, is going means to she's going to have it ha- a vampire yes. baby and they're all going to be blown away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just what, what I feel. Anything less, I'm going to be very disappointed. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to wait like four more years till we get to the <laughs> third book because apparently we don't do this <laughs> no, series <we> <laughs> very frequently. Because, <laughs> like, uh, you know. 
to go from episode 40 to episode 126 is a little bit of a... You know, so many books in between. There are so many... many Did you know there's a lot of books in the world? Well, you know, not just 750 that you have in your Audible accounts. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) But anyway, guys, there's no ending to this volume. No. None. I mean... There's none. They didn't even find Bill's body. Or not Bill, uh... Julian's, Julian's body. Nope, not even there yet. And they're all and and Dante's mad at Bill. Everybody's and mad at Bill. He, everyone's Bill's mad at Bill. Pretty much that? a big fat liar, we're sure. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all big fat liars, really. <laughs> but hey, there. If you guys want to hear some really talkative, descriptive, I guess, uh, yeah. sex scenes, they're there. There were some interesting blowjob scenes, and I mean, like they they literally fuck everywhere. Dante's a little aggressive sometimes with her, a little bit too much for my taste, you know, like demanding her to take her clothes off. Like, I, I well, he has the he has the rule that you have to obey me in the bedroom. He's very yeah. demanding, which is interesting, yeah. also from a perspective of a ten year long victim. victim. Yes, mm-hmm. who has had a lot of experience so it's not like he like he seems to know very much immediately exactly how he wants sex in the in the bedroom which is interesting because he's never experimented right i think we found out in the first book that he maybe had one girlfriend in high school or something yeah it was he i think had sex once yeah but then he went captive for 10 years and he was not raped during his captivity which he was clear about but i'm just like wow you're really adamant about what you want in the bedroom Mm -hmm. when you Mm -hmm. never tried he's very (laughs) very dominant and he knows yeah and he's like speaking from some type of experience of some sort like i don't know where i know i just was like okay well learning that from where are you picking that shit he's a lot more mature in that yes he's he's very immature in the rest of the book and that does make sense because he's basically lost 10 years of his life so he is essentially still an adolescent yeah (laughs) except for when it comes to fucking all of a sudden he's like you know a sex god or something but (laughs) oh don't joke (laughs) on an ice cube which i put in my mouth and i was like why did i just put an ice cube in my mouth i can't talk with that in my mouth (laughs) i just need water my throat's killing me okay yeah uh fun fuck fact so in order to tie everything together for our fun fuck fact i have an article on betterhelp.com and it is called The Five Stages of Love in a Relationship. And it is by Sarah. <laughs> Spell it. Sarah Cocimiglio. 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 That's all of those are correct. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, And it was last updated August 16th of 2022. So it's five stages of love. Stage one being the beginning, passionate beginning of relationship, honeymoon phase. This is the whole phase that Aaron and Dante are in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the uh, passionate love, excitement, heart skips a beat, butterflies. They consume Mm -hmm. your thoughts, your whole world infatuation intense passionate feelings you know all this shit and then like overlooking negative things Mm. (laughs) ignoring flaws weaknesses are non-existent vampirism Mm -hmm. you're high on hormones like oxytocin dopamine serotonin testosterone and estrogen Uh uh-huh but it's a really good stage and you feel really happy and it's not realistic (laughs) (laughs) So stage two, things start to get serious. 
And you progress from passionate, intense fun to a more serious place. Deeper connection kind of stuff. Stage three is disillusionment. It's maybe even disappointment. And it's usually when people break up or Mm. get divorced or whatever. It's most likely the stage that that happens in. They either end a relationship, settle for mediocrity, or they have to push through it and like Mm. improve. And then that leads to stage four. If they choose the fourth, you know, that third path, push through it is real love. So if you push through stage three and you actually get to that deeper form of love Mm -hmm. uh, where you have really worked together on it, asked for forgiveness, found, you know, improvement and all the stuff you need to do together. And then stage five is you start making a difference together. Hmm. That's kind of, so this stage is one people often don't really think of or it's, you know, people who've been together for decades, but Mm -hmm. you take your strengths and you work together to improve you know more than just your own life so yeah yeah okay so it's fun for everybody yay no that was a dumb way to end it but i'm gonna put yeah we'll post (laughs) this but yeah as we discussed they're still in stage one where they're stupid obsessed with each other and don't pay attention to fucking like rabbits all over the anything else going on in the world nope we are not gonna be paying attention to that because we're you know fucking fucking people disappearing yeah. ancient like evil vampires running around kidnapping people <laughs> you know that yeah. stuff don't pay attention to it all right are you ready let's, to uh, rate let's this rate this thing yeah book. okay sex and then book okay all right so i'm just gonna say it while there were a ton a ton of sex scenes and <laughs> for our listeners who know us know that we like the sex scenes and these ones were good i mean we got plenty of them right but they weren't extravagant i don't think like i think the first blowjob scene was interesting because it was like oh cool blowjob and then they were like tied and did a little bit kink and biting and stuff like that but he's a vampire i think because of the talking the intense talking and just like the aggressiveness of it i have to give the sex a seven i can't give it anything more like i got seven is because it got plenty like we got a lot of it we did get a lot i couldn't handle the talking it is not our favorite we've mentioned it before this isn't anything new that our listeners will have heard from us but yeah there i even had a (laughs) i haven't mentioned any of it but i had a couple of words in particular where i was like please don't ever say this again (laughs) (laughs) what were they (laughs) Every time he like strips her and smells her, he's like, "You're so right." Oh yes, and I don't want to be described as ripe because while if you're talking about fruit, yes, ripe means the correct time to eat and ready. If you're not talking about fruit, if you're talking about body odor in particular, ripe means rank, yeah, bad smelling, smelly, stinky. Yes, that's that's ripe. ripe. Yes. yes. Like cheese. Mm-hmm. Cheese is ripe. <laughs> yes. So I had a little bit of trouble with that particular word. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. And he said it a lot. He's he like, did. you're so ripe. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I'm not. I'm not an avocado. <laughs> not. But no, I agree with you. I did enjoy the quantity of sex. Yes. One of my favorite scenes, because of how much we don't like talking, was the scene where he has bitten her neck. So they've had sex. He, I think they're downstairs. And then he takes her blood. And before he can go, because he usually goes and washes it off. Mm -hmm. She stops him and starts making out with him because she's trying to understand like what he gets out of her blood. Because he's constantly telling her how it's like... 
the best smelling blood ever and all the vampires are obsessed with her blood and oh it smells like bordeaux and chocolate and truffles and caviar and all of these (laughs) rich incredible foods and so she starts making out with him while he still has it like all over his mouth and she doesn't stop and they keep kissing and kissing and kissing and he mm-hmm. carries her upstairs kissing and they sit on the bed and they fuck again but they ki- like she's kissing him the whole time so yeah. there's no words in that scene <laughs> just yes. fun and mm-hmm. it's and she's actually getting a flavor more than just blood because you know like the first time she does it she just tastes blood it's yeah it's her blood it's what her blood tastes like when you like bite your tongue or mm-hmm. have a bloody nose or whatever yeah. but now she's actually kind of tasting it through his mouth and like picking up on an actual flavor that mm-hmm. is intoxicating in a way so that was a good scene. I did like that. I think yeah. that yeah, seven is a decent number. Like it is the it's a good number. It's not bad sex. It's not those you know close the door, <laughs> don't get the sex next scene. day scene. Next yeah. day we get actual sex, which I do love. But for as multitude of sex that we get, we don't get very a variety. It's not mm-hmm. very there's not a deep variety of sex, which mm-hmm. is fine too. You can have yeah. a bunch of vanilla sex again. He's not ever had sex before he's not and he's essentially a t- you know lost 10 years of yes. his life so yeah definitely um i think the book is about a six that's where i'm at i like helen it's always fun meeting her at the conferences and talking with her and i mm-hmm. love what she does with books but it's not my style that i want to read and, and as i was talking about with those other platforms that are kind of coming up nowadays the kindle vela and the radish i've been trying i'm on uh kindle Vela, I have a handful of credits that I have been using to follow one of our other authors, Zoe Indiana, mm-hmm. and reading a serial that she's putting up there. And it is interesting and I enjoy it kind of, but I'm just like, I just, I need more. I need, you need to be the able Netflix to read version, it. Right? I need, yes, I need, like, tell me when it's all out and I'll, yes. then I'll come read it. That's exactly I, it. I'm not enjoying reading books in this mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, don't want to just read mm-hmm. a chapter or even a part of a chapter and then have to wait a whole week to get the next part. I can remember kind of what happened, but I also feel honestly as if the books themselves become less coherent because mm. I've gone back and I've read what I think there's 25 or 26 segments out for the Zoe one. Does it feel like it's disconjointed? Well, I feel like I honest when we discuss, you know, the difference between a pantser and a plotter, but it feels like it doesn't know where it's going. Right. Okay. Like okay. I I thought there was a very clear plan at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we have to solve this problem. And now we are like seven problems <laughs> removed. <laughs> and we haven't solved any of them. <laughs> I am like, we can't keep getting problems, Zoe. We need a solution. (laughs) And like, as soon as you think one thing, they're like, okay, she got out of this one issue and now she's going to be okay. You know, and this one, of course, involves like shifters and demons and just a whole lot of paranormal shenanigans. Mm -hmm. But as soon as one thing, like, okay, we we handled that. We're going to go over here and we need to have a serious talk where we all explain a bunch of shit. Here's one thing, just because it's fucking fantastic and interesting. Okay. In this book, it's five or six shifters find their fated mate, their one human fated mate. Mm-hmm. So they all have, the, you know, they're, they're a poly group or whatever. She knows they are shifters. But I, again, we're like 25, 29 segments in. She doesn't know what they are. And she oh. has yet. She's never asked. Oh, no. That would have been the first question. And 
I we know what they are because Zoe's been promoting it. Right. So I guess I could say it. It's not a big spoiler. They're raccoons, which is just fucking great. It's and the best. It's the fucking best. It's they're so funny. But she keeps seeing raccoons in places and just going, "Why is there a raccoon in my house?" And then like moves on without another thought. And I'm like, "Lady, Get lady, there's still a raccoon in your house." Before yesterday, had you ever encountered a raccoon in your house? No. So the fact that you've run into three in under a day's time let's start putting some fucking clues together oh my god let's use context they also like yeah i know (laughs) she just hasn't she's like there's that raccoon again and i'm like it's one of your mates they're raccoons i need you to get this but anyway sorry that's a tangent because that's not even the book we're talking about but and I, i you know i again i'm enjoying it it is fun but it is not how i want to read books going forward Mm-hmm. I just, I like, I pretty com- like close to speed read, you know? Yeah. And not just audio, like I speed read books, like word books. And so not having a full story ahead of me is, it's not the way I hope books go <laughs> in the future. So I'll be waiting until they put them together into a complete novel and then I'll get that and read it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why, you know, there's nothing bad about this book. It's no. just not my cup of tea. It's not, right. you know, it's the way Helen structures most of her books. And, and it she works. has a ton of follow. People love that. And like it does give them something to constantly come back to. I think part of the way that that isn't my favorite thing is not just because I don't like cliffhangers, but also I can't guarantee when I'm going to get back to an author's book. Now, I know authors do it to make sure you keep coming back. And I mm-hmm. get that. But there's so many authors and so many books in the world. And I want to read all of them. But even my favorite, favorite ones sometimes go by for like a year or two before I go, God damn it, I'm like three fucking books behind on her series now. Yeah. You know, because I've been doing, uh, I've been reading these other like hundred authors that I'd want to read. So as smart as I think it is for authors to write that way, Mm -hmm. not every reader is that reader. Right. Right. So you're going to find readers like me who are just like, yeah, I want to finish this story, but it's going to take me too long. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I can't commit to coming in for every book as soon as you release it because mm-hmm. if i did that with every author i actively much. read it's thousands it's, it's yeah t- so many you don't have really enough time in your life well especially <laughs> our authors that are so prolific yeah helen and eve longley and mm-hmm. lexi that have yep. like a book a month out so many yeah they're in different series but i'm just like i can't no there's so just, many yeah. books yep. <laughs> you guys there's Too so many like I literally had a panic attack the other day because I was like, there's so many books and I'm not going to get to read them all. <laughs> yeah. That's and I got true. really upset for a long time about that. <laughs> You're going to have to start listening at 2.0. <laughs> Even that, I'm not going to get to no, them all. You totally I just will. can't. <laughs> so hard. So... Yeah, I wouldn't. I think this is the right book for some people. It's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy the story. And I do want to know. I just desperately want to know the end. And it's going to, it's, I got three fucking three more volumes more to volumes get through. <laughs> to get to. I don't even know if they're all on Audible. I should check that out. What if they aren't? <sighs> that just makes sense. They've got to be. Now, did we read this book, Volume One, or did we listen to Volume One? Do you remember? I'm pretty sure we listened to it. Okay, then they should be. But I'm going to double check on that. Yeah, we listened to volume one. 
And volume two. Volume three is on Audible. Volume four. And volume five. All right. Guess I get them all. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like those people from Pokemon. Gotta collect them all. <laughs> it's like, well, that's fucking three more books I gotta get. All right. Okay. Well, that's that book. And we've rated it and we've told you all of our things. So what is next? We are good. All right, guys. So for our next book, we are going to read Shades of Wicked. It's a Night Rebel novel. Now, is that a third in the series? No, this is the first in the Night Rebel series. Okay. They just all share characters in the... She has... I think she calls the world overall the Night Huntress world. Okay. Because that's where her book started with Bones and Cat. But yes. then she also has the Dark Prince or the Night Prince, which is um, Vlad and Leah. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of standalones, which we've already read. And then this series now with Ian and Veritas. Okay. All right. And she, we mean by Janine Frost. <laughs> mean, do we mean Janine <laughs> yes. Frost? And uh, narrate this particular book. And actually, I'll, I think all of them are narrated by Tavia Gilbert. So, okay. So they're not, I mean, they're interconnected as far as characters go, but they're completely different stories. So. Uh, well, yeah. yes. From what we've already read for yes. the podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shades of Wicked, a Night Rebel novel by Janine Frost. Join yes. us for that next time. Two weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. All right, cool. All right. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> you're about reach. to say bye. See I was <laughs> like, bye bye. I don't know why we still have to talk. In the meantime, reach out to us on social media at Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us directly at dirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is shush, shh, with three H's. <laughs> it's not shush. Don't, it's not shush. It's not shush. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. If you can go on rate, review, subscribe, that'd be amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys in any kind of way. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. And we will see you guys later. This is Saylat. And this is Kalina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylat. Be sure to tune in to the next episode with some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>